and welcome to another episode. It is Friday evening, it's 7pm on a Friday and here I am with you and there's nowhere else I'd rather be honestly. I just, every time I sit down to record one of these episodes lately I feel like I'm, I just have a big sigh and I look so forward to it. This is an episode that I've been trying to find the right time to do. You know when you have something that you really want to do, but you're just constantly waiting for the exact right time to do it. So that's kind of where I've been this week. I've known that I want to sit down and talk about things with you, but every day I'm like, okay, it doesn't feel like the right time now. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And it's just kind of been going like that the whole time. So I've been feeling kind of relaxed this evening and I was thinking, you know what, why don't I sit down and just have a chat with you right now? So here we are, it's a Friday evening, I have some tea with me, I always have tea with me when I, when I chat to you. This time it is chamomile and lavender and yep, I am ready to just talk to you, I'm ready to just share some things with you. So let me start by saying that I am an overthinker. Everybody who knows me knows this. I overthink every tiny detail and I'd like to think that I've gotten better at it and that I'm not as intense about it, although I do still have my moments as I think we all do. But this episode has been something I have been overthinking. I never want to come across as being negative. That is a big thing for me that I still worry about sometimes because I have been struggling quite a lot. Like the past two years, honestly, have been quite difficult for me. And whenever I say that, like as I'm saying that now, I always kind of feel the need to explain myself and to say um, I'm not looking for pity or sympathy because I'm genuinely not. And I know so many of you guys do the same thing. Like it's very difficult for us to say, you know what, I'm struggling or to admit that to somebody without explaining ourselves, or without worrying that we're being negative and how are they going to think that we're so negative all the time and that we're never happy. So if that is something that you relate to, like I totally get it. I'm the exact same way. So this episode has been something I've been overthinking because it is quite a serious, it is going to be quite a serious one. Um, but it's one that I just... I feel in my heart is something that I want to talk about with you. What's been really helping me work through so many things lately is to just get it out somehow and to not hold it inside. So for many years, I was that person that would kind of numb myself and avoid and run and hide away. And I know there are definitely some of you listening to this who can relate to that and maybe it's something that you still do in your life right now. But the past two years have been quite different because a lot of things have been coming up and I haven't been doing anything to distract myself and avoid the feelings that have been coming up. So as a result, I've been dealing with a lot of really, really intense emotions that are sometimes overwhelming and I'm not like, sometimes I'm just honestly not even sure what to do with them. So finding ways to get it out has been really helping me. And let me just say that sitting down and recording podcast episodes and being able to share things and be really vulnerable with you has been a big part of that. 
I am really healing through a lot of things right now and healing is a messy and difficult thing. I think we hear the word healing and it sounds it sounds so peaceful and amazing, but while you're going through it, it can be incredibly incredibly difficult and you have really good days and you have really freaking terrible days. You're up and down, you're all over the place. Sometimes you feel like you're moving for forward. Other times it feels like you're completely stuck and you're not getting anywhere. And then other times it feels like you've taken a million steps backwards. So writing, singing, um, sharing and talking about things have, has really been helping me lately. And I'm honestly so grateful that I have a place to share and to be open with you guys. Um, and I just, I really do want to thank you for being here with me allowing me to be vulnerable for all of your amazing messages that you send me. I I say this a lot and maybe you're bored of hearing it, but I will continue to say it. I am honestly so grateful and appreciative of every single message. I, I it means the world to me more than more than I can say. I made a promise to be open and to share my story even if it's uncomfortable for me at times because you see the thing is so many of us struggle with things and we don't always talk about it. And I know that so many of you struggle really terribly with certain personal things or feelings and heavy emotions and things that you just hold on to and you struggle by yourself. And when we feel alone, when we don't talk about it or when we feel like there's no one that can relate to us or understand us and we start to feel isolated that's when we we really really struggle and if me sitting here even if it's uncomfortable for me sometimes if me sitting here and talking to you is going to help one person feel less alone in their own struggle and it's going to help them take even half a step forward then I know that I'm doing the right thing and I will keep doing this. When you struggle with anxiety, when you have a lot of trauma that you're not dealing with, when you struggle with depression, it's natural that you may deal with feelings of, you may have thoughts of suicide and things come into your head. Um, you know, it's it's such a sensitive subject and we have to be so careful how we talk about it online. And But the thing is, we need to talk about it because... People die because we don't talk about these things. And I myself have struggled with suicidal ideation. And I can sit here and say that I want to live and I want to be happy. I want peace in my life. I want stable relationships in my life. I want to move forward. I don't want to carry all of these things with me forever. I, I really, really don't. You know, sometimes when I sit and I'm feeling like I'm not clouded with thoughts and all these heavy things on me. I can look into the future and I see glimpses of I see glimpses of things that make me really happy and really excited. So that keeps me going, but I just want you to know that if you're struggling right now and it, you can't even see anything, you you everything just seems dark. Just sit here right now. Just be here right now and just Try not even, don't, don't even think any further than this moment. Don't even think any further than today. When we're really in the midst of it, when everything is really dark and clouded by, by whatever we're going through, we have to take it one 
baby step at a time because our brains are not working for us in that moment. So when we try to think ahead, you know, maybe we don't see anything and then we start to think, what's the point? Or we start to worry and think, why can't I see my future? You don't have to worry about the future right now. You just have to be here right now, okay? I hope that that makes sense. I know that I can ramble. I sit down and I have no plan for these things when I do them, honestly. When I do a symptoms one or when I do a Q&A, you know, I'll obviously have your questions in front of me and I'll do a rough outline before I start. But I like to sit down and kind of talk from my heart. So that I hope that this very long intro, because that's how I do it, <laughs> I hope that you can take something from it and I hope that it makes even a little bit of sense to you. So no matter what's going on in your life right now, you're here with me now, you're safe right now, you can listen to this whenever you need to, whenever you need to just be reminded that you're not alone. And I hope that by me talking about certain things in this episode that it will help you with whatever you're going through and it will show you that you're not alone. Okay, so after nine minutes of an intro, I feel like the spotlight is on me now as I am going to start to get into some things. And I'm feeling kind of nervous, honestly. But I, I just, you know, sometimes I have feelings to do certain things. And I am trying to really listen to that. I'm trying to go with what feels right. And I've had a lot of time to think about it. And this feels right. So you're probably like, what are we even talking about in this episode? Okay, every Monday I send out a newsletter that comes straight to your email inbox. And after many letters where I know people could clearly see that I was going through something and I really appreciate all of your messages, I wanted to open up a little bit about that. So I recorded a podcast episode it was at some point this year, and don't ask me when, now my brain is not working. It was a few months ago, where I, I told you guys that I just want to be honest with you. It was like an honest chat with you. I think it's, I think that's what it's titled, like an open chat with you, something like, something like that. Because I kept saying in my letters and on Instagram um, that I'm dealing with some stuff, I'm dealing with some personal stuff, I'm struggling right now, and but I wasn't going any further than that and something just made me want to open up a little bit more and when I did and whenever I do whenever I open up about things there's always at least a few of you that can relate and that and that send me a message and say thank you so much for talking about this because I felt so alone and that just you guys inspire me like this is why I'm sitting here right now and doing this you guys inspire me to continue being honest. So I don't remember everything that I said in that episode. I did let you know that I had gone through a breakup um, after being after we had been together for about 12 years. I did talk about um, some family issues I was going through. I don't think I really went into it. But that was pretty much it, I think. I think that was pretty much all I said. So, in this episode, I would like to go a little bit deeper um, into that and just kind of talk about why I've been struggling with depression, why I've 
really struggled for many years in facts and my heart and as I said that now my I is immediately I feel my heart start racing um I just I just want to open up a little bit about that and honestly I have no idea where to even begin but let me take a breath and let's see let's just see how this unfolds so I have spoken to you guys about some root causes of my anxiety and a really big one is a really big one is some trauma that I've gone through and I think okay so when we say trauma I think we automatically think it has to be um, something really like unbelievable like awful you know um, but trauma is anything that has a lasting negative impact on you so I have mentioned before and I don't really want to get into this now that this isn't why I want to talk this isn't the point of this episode so I was I, I had like I was sexually abused when I was very young I was I was very young um it stopped when I was around six years old and I don't even know when it began. So that is something that definitely had an impact on me and I didn't even realize until I was a lot older. But in this episode, I want to talk about some, some other things that I've dealt with and carried with me from my teenage years um, right up into my 20s and now in my 30s, I'm finally really starting to confront it and not just numb myself against it anymore i have to say that this this is probably going to be one of this is like the hardest episode that i've ever recorded because i haven't even said anything yet and it's not i feel like it's not even going to be as bad as i think it's going to be but it's very difficult it's very difficult to be vulnerable and, and it's especially difficult for me to be vulnerable I know I seem extremely open on my page and I do talk about so many things and in my books I've shared so many things with you. But when it really when it when it really comes down to it, when I have to sit down and talk about my feelings and things, it's it's something that I'm still trying to learn how to do. And I know I'm not the only one. Like I know some of us run far away when we know we have to sit and untangle our emotions and dig deep and talk about things. It's it's difficult. So once again, I want to say thank you for thank you for being here with me and for listening to my story. So moving on. <laughs> so through many of my teen years, I was very confused about my sexuality. I when I was probably 13 or 14 years old, I remember having like my first crush on a girl. And I remember being really confused by it and feeling almost like I felt embarrassed. I didn't tell anyone. I just, I remember feeling like having this crush and then not understanding why. Like, cause you know, all the girls, all, like girls would just be talking about boys and all these boy crushes they have and everything and I 
I, I thought to myself, if, if I say anything, people are going to think that I'm extremely weird or that there's something wrong with me. And as a result, I, I just, that is something that I just completely kept to myself. I remember how, like, in a movie, if there was a gay character or, like, a lesbian, you know, <laughs> um, people would make comments and, you know, she's weird. Or if there was someone at school um, who people thought was, like, a lesbian, you know, this, it was like, she, you know, she's weird. Like, it was horrible. Um, just a lot of judgments. And I think it's just due to ignorance and just complete lack of understanding but that's how it was. So I wasn't, I was, there was no way I was going to tell anyone um, that I was having crushes or feelings or anything of that sort. So through my teen years, I would have crushes on girls or I would find people attractive. And, but I never said anything. I, I just, I don't, I didn't even really sit and think about it. I just pushed it away and was like, you know, you're just being weird or, or what? Like, I didn't even think about it, so I, I can't even tell you what I thought. Um, but I actually did date guys because that's just... <laughs> I mean, all my friends were dating boys, and, you know, like, that's... It, it's, it's embarrassing to sit here and say that now because I, I feel like I'm a completely different person now to who I was then. Obviously, I've grown so much, Um emotionally and mentally too but I, I dated guys and you know it, girls would make such a big fuss of of it and be so excited when they had a boyfriend and for me it was just like wasn't all that it, it, it just wasn't all that and I just thought to myself you know maybe I'm just dating the wrong boys <laughs> um, I was just really confused uh I just thought yeah I just it's just not not the right guy or whatever um so that's how it went um right up until I was um 17 like right before I turned 18 that's that's just kind of how it went and when I was 17 it was probably it was like very close to my 18th birthday, I ended up meeting somebody who was uh, a woman, and she was a little bit older than me. Uh, she was seven years older than me, actually. And it just, like, instantly felt different. It, it just... I think when you're really confused about your sexuality and then you stop, like doing what you think everyone thinks you should do and you finally allow yourself to kind of explore those feelings and just kind of see suddenly sometimes like things can just all of a sudden make sense so that that is what happened and then uh I had I just kind of instinctively knew to not say anything to my parents uh my parents weren't homophobic. They had, you know, they had gay... F my dad had a gay friend, and um, my mom, like, you know, they knew and interacted with gay people. So 
I knew they're not like against people who are attracted to the same sex, but I just, I instinctively knew, I had this, like, I just felt like I couldn't say anything. Um, there had never really been a discussion in my home about, you know, it's okay if you're attracted to the same gender. It was just, that was just never discussed. So I think as a result, I just kind of wasn't really sure that, like how their response would be, but I kind of I kind of assumed that maybe it wouldn't be that good. That's just the feeling that I had. Before I go any further, I just want to say that this episode is not to hate on anybody or to put anyone down. That's absolutely not what I'm doing. I am simply sharing my experience and how things felt for me. I know that we all act out of things that we've gone through and we do things as a result of patterns that we've learned and that includes our parents you know our parents are humans after all so we often are just repeating things that we know and and patterns and sometimes there's not an awareness there so we do them without realizing the impact that we're having so this is not to put my parents down or to bash anybody This is me sharing my story because I know that there are other people that have been through this or are going through this and I think it is important to always be, like I I have a platform and I have an audience and I feel like it's my responsibility to talk about things. So that's what I'm doing here. So one day, um, I think I had a throat infection and my mom had to take me to the doctor and I'm not sure if it was before we went in or afterwards when we were sitting in the car. And my mom asked me if this woman that I, like we weren't dating, but we were friends and there was a mutual attraction. So my mom thought that we were just friends. Um, but I remember this day my mom said, my mom asked me and she said, uh, I think she asked me if she has a boyfriend or something. But I could immediately tell that my mom was kind of fishing to see, like, what's going on. Like, I could tell that she knew something. So immediately, I, I, I remember, like, panicking a little bit because my mom did not seem impressed. And I don't even, I honestly don't even remember the conversation. I think I, I think I might have lied and said that she does just because I, I, <laughs> I was in panic mode and I, I didn't know like you know when something is thrown at you and you don't have time to prepare an answer so I didn't know what to do so I think I just said like yes she does or something ridiculous and that was it like that was the conversation we didn't talk about it again but now I knew that my mom was kind of like suspicious and I remember just feeling really on edge um after that so we didn't talk about anything again for I'm not sure how long maybe a week or two um and then uh one day I had just gotten out of the shower and my mom was sitting in my room and she was holding my cell phone and she had gotten into my phone and she had read all of my messages um so yeah she like I couldn't deny anything anymore like she saw she saw messages and things 
and the reaction I had been anticipating a bad reaction but I think it was just a lot worse than I had thought and the thing that's so difficult for me about this time is that I was already feeling very vulnerable and unsure and I was feeling embarrassed and a lot of shame um, and it was at a time in my life where like I really needed support like I really needed my family's support I know that I have to try to understand that sometimes you know it is difficult maybe for parents to try to understand but that's the thing like I feel like there wasn't any trying to understand it was like this is wrong there's no way that our daughter is this way kind of thing there was no room for conversation or anything um and I honestly felt like deeply flawed like I felt like there was something very wrong with me it was just a really massive scene um you know I was told that it's a phase that I'm being influenced um I'm being influenced by, you know, uh, I, I don't even remember, like, bad forces or something. I'm just, um, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm very confused, and I don't, I don't even know. I tried really hard to defend myself and try to kind of stand up for myself. But it, it just, I mean, I was getting nowhere. It, like, life at home, like, just felt really difficult. It felt really difficult. Um, so, I, I ended up never, I actually ended up never seeing her again. And I ended up, letting my parents believe that it was a phase. I think I myself thought that maybe it is a phase. I think, I honestly truly think that I convinced myself that it was a phase, even though in my gut it didn't feel right. But I told myself, like my parents, my mom was telling me every day, like, it's a phase, it's a phase. Like, you know, it's this happens all the time. So I, I really brainwashed myself <laughs> into believing that I was just going through a phase um my there was a church that we went to at the time um a lot of the time it would just be my dad going on a Sunday and then sometimes we would go with but not always um and there was a youth group at this church that I wasn't a part of but when all of this was happening my parents ended up calling the guy that led the, the youth group and set up an appointment for me to go and have a like have a talk with him and they wanted me to uh, go to youth every Friday night so at this point I I was really just I was so tired of fighting and crying and I had, like I said, I kind of just said, yes, you know, it's a phase, and yeah, yeah, like, I'll, I'll go talk to this guy. So I went uh, one 
afternoon, I think, and I sat down with this guy. He was very, he was very nice and everything. And I immediately just, I mean, no one said a word. I just started crying. I was so miserable. I was, I was really depressed. Um, like on top of everything, like on top of me, on top of, on top of how my parents had reacted to you know, me potentially being gay and the feelings of shame that I was dealing with, I was also feeling like heartbroken because even though like I hadn't, I mean, I feel like, like we didn't get a chance. Like even though I hadn't been dating this woman, we would talk every day and I would see her every week. And, you know, it was just growing and, it was just kind of ripped away from me, like just ripped away where I just talking, well, I was talking to her one day and then I just never spoke to her again. And I feel like some people may say, well, why didn't you just contact her? I was very, I was a very young 17, 18 year old. Like I was very young. I was very just naive. I was just, I was like a baby. And I was scared, like, I was scared to contact her, like, I didn't know what would happen, and my parents told me that they're going to monitor my phone, and um, my mom had even, like, mentioned the police, and, like, said, you know, she's going to get the police involved if I contact her, because um, this is, like, a bad situation or whatever, and I just, that scared me enough where I just thought, like, I I can't, like, I didn't want to get her into trouble, and I just... Yeah, I just, I, I, I said nothing. I just didn't contact her. So back to my meeting with this um, youth group leader. Um, he spoke to me and told me how he had had an attraction to a guy when he was young. And he had thought that he was gay and then you know, realized that, and then he spoke to, he had conversations with God or something he said, and realized that it was a phase, and I don't know, the devil leading him astray, I I don't know, and that now, and like, at this point, he was married to a woman, I think they had a baby, and how he so, he was so glad that he had not followed that path, because then he wouldn't have the life that he had now and that that lifestyle is just a very hard one or something he said I don't even know what I thought at this point I just I'm embarrassed to admit that I just agreed and nodded along I just I I I didn't really know what to do and I was still living at home um so I just I agreed and listened and then I started going to youth (laughs) I started going to youth group every uh, Friday I ended up uh, making some friends there with people who whose parents had also kind of made them go but they didn't want to be there so it was like this little rebellious group you know I was just 
I, I clearly had a lot of anger and resentment inside of me, but I, I didn't even realize, I didn't even see it for what it was. I just remember feeling sad all the time. And, you know, we would sometimes just kind of skip out on youth and we would go off and smoke. And, I mean, it's, can you believe that I used to smoke? Because I can't. Um, I just kind of became this rebel that just didn't, like, I didn't care. Um, I just didn't care. I was very depressed, and then I started drinking a lot, and I just, drinking just helped me to forget. It helped to just numb my feelings. One night I went out with a friend of mine to a, a house party. <laughs> like, um, he messaged me and asked me if I wanted to go. He was just a friend. Um, and I said, sure, and I went, and I drank so much that night that I, I started to, like, I started throwing up really badly, and then he was going to take me home, obviously, afterwards, but I was so sick, and I was throwing up so like every like constantly like it wouldn't stop and he panicked a little bit I don't even think that he drank at the party he wasn't the type that even like liked to drink so it was so confusing that he wanted to go but afterwards he he was so scared to take me home um that he, we drove and I can remember this in I can remember this in such a haze um he, he we went to his house and his mom came out and was trying to help me. I can remember that. And she was kind of like walking around with me. And But like, I, I could not stop throwing up. And I'm really sorry if this is a trigger. Like if you have emetophobia or you, you really struggle with that, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, personally, when I get nauseous, I, I panic as well. So even just talking about this is stressing me out. Um, and then he took me home. And my dad came out, and I was just still throwing up. It was it was really bad. Like, I could not stop throwing up. And it got to a point where my dad just said he thinks that I have to go to the hospital. Uh, like, I again, like, I can't really remember. I can remember, like, I can remember tiny bits of this night. Like, I wasn't blackout drunk, but I can remember bits. Um... And then, so I, we went to the hospital, and then I don't really remember much. I just remember waking up, and I woke up with a drip in my arm, and I was still, I was still drunk, uh, but the nausea had subsided, thank God. Like, I felt a bit better, and I still remember, like, seeing the, the drip in my hand and just, like, feeling so queasy at that because I just oh needles like oh and my dad was there and he said he told me that he had brought me in and they had asked if I had taken drugs and stuff because I was so out of it um and I was very fortunate that I didn't need to have my stomach pumped but I was severely dehydrated like I was very sick and so I had to stay there overnight 
and then the next day I was very fortunate I didn't I felt good um, I was tired but I felt I felt okay because of all the electrolytes and stuff they had pumped into me uh, my parents were not happy about that day because you know I had to learn my lesson and all that but I'm not proud of that but Drinking was something that became a big part of my life because I was trying to escape how I was feeling the whole time. I, I Every time I, I felt things, it was so overwhelming. I, I didn't know how to deal with it, and drinking is what helped me. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. I don't want this to be a three-hour-long episode. I'm hoping that we can keep it at to an hour, like under an hour. Um... So I had a friend at the time, a guy friend, who had been very um, kind and supportive and really helped me um, through all of this. Like, he knew the whole story. But then he had feelings for me, and I was still in that place of telling myself over and over again that this was a phase, it was a phase. So we ended up actually dating, um which I want to say was wrong of me, but I I didn't go into it knowing, like, I know I'm gay and I'm doing this, you know, just to let my parents think I'm not. I was actually still confused, like, I was. So we dated for a year. Um, and then, and this whole year, I promise you, like, all we did was go out and get drunk. Like, that was our relationship. Like, it was... <laughs> I drank and smoked, that's all I did, and went out to clubs and bars, like that, that's what we did. Um, and then the conversation started to come up about, um, my dad had been offered a job in, like his work wanted to promote him to a position in Canada, and my parents were having very serious conversations about moving overseas and my boyfriend at the time, he, um, this is when he started to talk about finding a job here and like us getting married one day and I think that was like the, that was the aha moment for me where I'm like, I need, like I have to, I can't do this, like then it just felt all too real and I was like, you know what, I I cannot do this. Um, so we ended up breaking up and I felt like a horrible, I felt like such a horrible person. Um, and then, and then my dad, uh, not long after that, the following year, so I was, uh, I was 19 at this time. My dad came across to Canada before us. Um, he came like four months before the rest of us came. My mom, my brother, and myself, and our pets. Um, and then in that time, I didn't date it. I wasn't dating anyone or seeing anyone, and I was just not even thinking about my sexuality or anything. Like, I was just thinking... I, my mind was really focused on, like, this massive move, right? Uh, so then we ended up moving here. And so we moved here in 
I have to try and get my bearings now. Was it 2008? I think we moved here in July 2008. I still remember getting off of the plane and being shocked at how hot it was because I was one of those ignorant people that was like, Canada is never hot. Um, but we came in the middle of summer and the summers here are crazy. They're hotter than the summers that I was used to in South Africa because of the humidity. So I remember being really shocked. Um, so we arrived, so I was 19. Um, it was in July 2008, a long time ago. I can't believe I've been here that long. Hey guys, so it's actually the next day. Everything that you've heard up until this point, I recorded last night, which was Friday night. And it's now Saturday morning. It's just after 11 a.m. I felt like I just needed to take a step back. Um, I was really tired and feeling a little bit overwhelmed. But it's a new day and I'm here and ready to record the rest of this for you. I'm going to be completely honest. I spent, I have spent a lot of time this morning going back and forth um, about whether or not I should even be putting this out there. I think it's natural that when we step outside of our comfort zones or when we do something that you know, other people may consider really brave or like, wow, you're actually doing that. I think it's natural for us to question whether or not it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, our brain will always try to pull us, pull us back, like pull us back into what's comfortable, what's familiar. And for me, that's not talking about the, like certain things and not sharing. And I also worry about as I've told you guys earlier in this episode, I'm an overthinker, so I think about things from every angle. So I really worry because I don't want people to think that I am, you know, putting my parents down or that this is a revenge or revengeful or hateful kind of thing because it absolutely isn't. But I just wanted to be honest with you. I have been going back and forth this morning, but I am really trying to not let fear win and I'm trying to listen to my heart and my heart is telling me to put this out there even though it's terrifying. Doing brave things doesn't mean that you necessarily sit there and feel incredibly confident. You can sit there and feel really scared. Um, I've been feeling a lot of anxiety coming up for me just recording this but I really, really do hope that it resonates with even just one of you who may have struggled with the same thing, who may be going through things, this is why I do it and why I will continue to do it. So when saying that, let's dive back in. So I think we ended off where I had told you guys that I had just arrived in Canada with my mom and my brother. Um, and it was, it was a huge change. I mean, coming all the way from South Africa, I'd never left the country. I never really gone on any like big holidays or anything so the very first time I left the country was to move out of it so it was a big change and a big shock but I actually was excited I had gone through so many things um, back in Cape Town where I'm where I was raised and I, I just I, I kind of looked at Canada as this whole this whole fresh start kind of thing and I was really trying to be optimistic about that. So the first few months were really just kind of settling in. Um, my brother and I would walk around the neighborhood and go and explore and 
Uh, we would go to the shopping malls and just like have a look around and um, you know we went to Niagara Falls and it was really just kind of getting used to you know this new place that we live in and just explore a little bit and then in January <clears throat> I um I started I mean it's like beauty school like it was a six-month course that I did um, doing learning how to do aesthetics which is nails and um, so it's like manicures pedicures facials waxing and all of that kind of thing I had always been interested in this kind of thing but I I, I it wasn't this incredible passion of mine or anything I just it was something that I had an interest in and I thought you know maybe I could pursue that a little bit I was at kind of at a point where I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do um, so that was something that seemed appealing at the time I had just turned 20 um, so from January till like June I did this aesthetics course and it was during this time that I met somebody online um, who I actually ended up dating for around 12 years but of course um, based on everything that I've told you that happened previously this was something that you know now once again brought up anxiety for me because I knew what had happened previously um, and I was terrified of going through all of that again so she lived uh, two hours away from me and I told my parents that we're just friends and then she, you know she would come and visit me and we would see each other and um, during the week I was really busy at school all day and then on Saturdays I worked at a um, like at a medical spa kind of thing like I worked as a receptionist there so my weeks were very busy I was Monday to Friday all day I was you know at beauty school and then on Saturdays um, from I think it was 8 till 5 I was working as a receptionist so my only days off were really Sunday so it really did help being very busy because I felt like I could kind of just you know hide the fact that I was <laughs> seeing somebody um, we actually only met um, when I was about four months into into my course so uh, like I said I just told my parents that we're friends and of course that only worked for so long <laughs> my mom has always had this like sixth sense like she I think it's just a mom thing I don't know where she can always pick up on things and I could tell that she thought something was weird again and I started to get very anxious about it um, and so let me just say that I am condensing and summarizing everything I could go into a lot more specific detail and share absolutely everything that I remember but that would take that we would be here for a very long time so I'm really just kind of summarizing everything and just trying to give you the you know the summarized version of events so basically to sum it all up um, right as I had finished excuse my throat by the way I'm not sure what's happening <laughs> um, often in the mornings is when I if I'm gonna have allergies I have a lot of allergies in the morning so my throat is being kind of croaky. 
Um, we talk about this all the time on my page because I know a lot of you guys deal with like anxiety-based allergies and um, I have been really anxious recording this so it would make sense. So anyway, diving back in, um, my mom had kind of picked up that something was going on. Um, this was right after my course ended in June. Um, I went and stayed with my girlfriend. Um, I went to go visit her and stayed with her for just over a week and then I came home and then it was around this time that my mom was um, I could I could just tell like I could I could feel like I could sense that she knew something was going on. So one day she kind of confronted me and I denied it. I, I like immediately denied it. And then it's like all the fight kind of went out of me and like literally five seconds later I just I just admitted it. I, I was I was just I was so tired. Like I just I just wanted to be honest. You know, I thought maybe maybe I can do things differently. Maybe I can be honest and see what happens. But um it was pretty much the exact same reaction as when I was 17, 18. Um, and it, it was just, it was awful. Uh, again, like those feelings of shame. And it's funny because just talking about it, I can, I can still feel that. I can feel those feelings of shame that I had then. Um, and my girlfriend's family um, pretty much had the same response. So it's not like we had support even from one end. Both of our families reacted exactly exactly the same. Um, the difference this time was that, you know, I was still in contact with her and I, I we were like in it together kind of thing. So I wasn't alone. Like I had felt so alone when this had happened previously, but now we had each other to kind of get through this thing together. So I, I really was so afraid of my mom like taking my phone away or like reading my messages and I remember being glued to my phone. I would sleep with it under my pillow. Like I was, I was so terrified because um, I, I didn't want things to be the exact same way that they had been before. I was determined that things were going to be, I wanted to feel at least a little bit more in control this time. Uh, so I was glued to my phone. I kept him under my pillow. Um, I had just finished studying and I didn't have a job at this time. So I was at home every day. Um, I think I was looking for a job at the time because I was so desperate to be out of the house. But during the day, like during the day while I was still at home, I would wake up in the morning, I would have breakfast and get dressed and I would just go walking. Like I would just go walk to like this big pond that was close by and I would just sit there for hours. And I would walk around the neighborhood and I just tried to be out of the house as much as I could because when I was at home, I just, there were things that were said to me or like looks that were given to me and I just, I felt like there was something so freaking wrong with me that I just, I wanted to just be away from that. I didn't want to be in that. And my girlfriend was dealing with the exact same things, and she, but she was two hours away, so we were both dealing with it and we were just kind of keeping in contact um, and calling each other all the time and um, yeah, it was just a, it was a rough time. And then 
it, I mean, it got really bad. Uh, living at home was very difficult. It's, it, it was as if we had committed some incredible sin or I was walking around feeling like I had done something really, really horrible. I felt like the way that I was being treated, the way that we were both being treated was as if we had done something absolutely unforgivable but we were we were trying to come to terms with like well I'm let me speak for myself here I was trying to come to terms still with my sexuality um I had dated guys and it had it was different and yeah I was I was really trying to come to terms with it so it's really difficult when you're very confused and trying to figure yourself out but then you're, it feels like you're being punished for it at the same time, if that makes sense. So things just, things got to a point where living at home was just, it felt impossible, honestly. And one day I was told, um, my dad told me that he doesn't know how I'm going to continue staying at home as long as I am going to continue seeing her or being the way that I am. Um because it was taking a huge toll on my mom. Uh, remember, like, my feelings weren't considered at all. <laughs> it, it, like, it didn't matter how I felt or what I was going through. Like, that did not matter. It was taking a toll, and I was told that as long as I'm going to continue being this way, I, staying at home wasn't going to be an option. So around this time, I had planned to get on a bus to go and see um, my girlfriend, just to get on a Greyhound, and because we would visit each other back and forth like that. So I, it was just going to be a normal, you know, visit. I was going to come and stay for like two nights and then go back, <laughs> even though it was like always, it felt like a nightmare going back. But uh, I got on the Greyhound and went to go see her, and then... I, I mean, I was getting awful messages the whole time, and I ended up not going home. Um, I ended up just not going home. Uh, yep, and I, that was it. I left home at 20, and I've, that was it. That's when I left home. We did not have a lot of money. Um, she was working, I had been working, I had saved up a tiny bit. We stayed at hotels uh, while we could, and then we kind of couch surfed on friends' couches and like stayed at different people's places. Um, there would be nights where, there was a night in particular, particular that I remember we were sitting at a coffee shop and it was coming up to 11 p.m. and we didn't know where we were gonna sleep that night. Um, like we, we had no way to go. I mean, there was, so there was a time in my life where I didn't have a home. We didn't have a home. Like it, it really did help me to not be by myself. And I know that there's people that go through this that don't, that aren't even with anybody that are, that are kicked out of their homes um, for how they identify and have no way to go and are alone. And it, it, it breaks my heart. Like it, breaks my heart it was hard enough being homeless but having somebody with me like having each other but knowing that there's people that go through that and they don't have anybody 
it, it absolutely breaks my heart. So I could go into, again, a lot of detail about the whole like process throughout our 20s um, when we were homeless. But again, like I, this, I don't want this to be hours and hours long. Um, just to summarize, uh, we didn't have a home for a while. Um, we were in a shelter at one point. Uh, and I still, and, and this is something that I still struggle with, is that I still remember, uh, I still remember texting my family and texting my dad and, um, like, saying, like, Dad, like, I'm, I'm actually, like, in a shelter right now, and I, I mean, it was, to me, it was the low, like, it was, we were at such a low point, you know, we couldn't go any lower at this point, and I was told, uh, we were told, um, on her side as well, that it was our fault <laughs> that we put ourselves in this in this position. So eventually, just to fast forward, um, we I ended up getting a job. Um, so I was whenever I got a job, it was always at a salon at a spa because that's um, what I had qualified in. So we were working and we managed to get ourselves. Um, like initially we had to share with people and do what we could because we had no money um, we, we were on like government support um, initially we, we we honestly had no money we were completely broke uh, and then we, we were working and we managed to finally get ourselves into our own place but it was still very stressful um, we had a lot of like money worries for a long time and then you know there was the complete lack of support from our families uh, it's it's a very difficult thing because I think it's hard enough if you have a really good friend or you're in a relationship and then suddenly you know maybe the person changes or you break up or you lose the friendship I think it's hard enough to deal with that or to try to come to terms with someone maybe abandoning you for, for no reason on it or whatever the situation is but when it's your family it is it's a very difficult thing to try to come to terms with for a long time I was very sad <laughs> I was heartbroken my heart felt broken but then it turned to anger and I was very angry for a long time and I still have I still have my moments now this is something that I'm still working through and again this is another reason why I was going like so back and forth this morning about whether I should put this out because I kind of have this thing in my head sometimes that where I feel like I shouldn't share something unless I fully worked through it and I am healed and I'm on the other side so I can sit down here, share my story and tell you everything that helped me get to this amazing point that I'm at. But the reality is that I'm not at that healed point yet. I am. I have come a long way. I've come a long way from this girl that I'm describing to you right now from years ago. I am not that person anymore. I've come a long way. But I am still healing, and I feel like 
sitting here with you and being so open and honest and saying, look, like I'm still going through it. I feel like that can sometimes help somebody more um, rather than always just coming from a place of being healed. I need to gather my thoughts for a second here because I feel like, like, does that even make sense? I think it's okay to have a conversation and say, look, I want to share some things with you, but I am still going through them as you may be going through the same thing, or you may have gone through the same thing. Maybe, maybe some of you are listening to this who have gone through the same thing and have fully come out on the other side and feel like you are at an amazing point in your life. In which case, you know, you're, you're like hearing from you and hearing your feedback and knowing your story, that really helps and inspires me. Or maybe you are exactly where I am right now, where you're still working through things, you know? But you, feel, but you have come a long way. Or maybe you are who I used to be, where you're right in the middle of it and you are lost and confused and scared right now and you feel completely emotionally neglected and abandoned um, and maybe a whole heap of emotions, you know. It may fluctuate between being really sad and heartbroken to being really angry to hopeless to all of these very difficult emotions that can be very difficult to try to process. Once we had been living on our own for a little bit, um, we did let our families back into our lives, or they let us back into their, their life. Um, we was very desperate to have our families. We didn't want to not have a family. It was such a terrifying thing for us to even consider so when they were willing to come and see us and visit us and um, try to accept us, as they had said, we were absolutely desperate for that approval. And, you know, we let them come over. We went over and saw them. Um, we acknowledged the fact that they were trying. And so that's how it went for... That's how it went for a while. Uh, we had our families back in our lives and things seemed to be going um, smoothly. There were a lot of things that were left unsaid. There were a lot of things that we simply just brushed under the rug. We both had a lot of feelings. Um, we both had a lot of feelings inside of us um, based on how we had been treated. Um, and there weren't any apologies or anything. Um, it was just kind of like we just moved over it. We didn't move through it. We just like put it aside. Let's move on. Let's not hold grudges. Family is important. They're your family at the end of the day. I have a hard time with that. You know, I've had people say to me, because um, I have a lot of, my mom and I have a very difficult relationship. My parents and I have a very difficult relationship. But I've had people say to me, you know, it's your mom at the end of the day. It is your mom. And I, whenever someone says that to me, I know it's coming from a, like, I, I understand that it's coming from, a, it's coming from a place of good intent, but it's so easy. It's so easy to say that when, you know, you either have a really good relationship with your mom or maybe it's not such a good relationship, but you are very good at avoiding and you're in full avoidance like avoidant mode whereas I'm at a point now where I I just can't avoid things anymore 
so it was a it was tough because we were seeing our families and but we were holding on to all of these things we were just kind of stuffing them deep down you know so much hurt and pain um so much sadness but we were just putting it away um and things would just kind of be up and down back and forth things would either be good with my family or would go through periods where I would try to talk about things or something would upset me and I would try to stand up for myself and I remember one time I, there was something that upset me so we were at so this was not a point where I was talking to my family um, things were okay and then this was probably when was this this was probably 2016 maybe was it 2016 or 2015 uh, I something had upset me and I was always the type of person where if something upset me I would not say anything I would not say anything because I kind of got used to the fact that there would be a big reaction um, and so I just I, I would just not speak up for myself so during this one instance I don't even remember what it was it wasn't even a big thing but it was something that had hurt something hurt me and I I said to my mom like I tried to have a conversation with her and I said look um I I don't know how you meant it but this thing that you said it, it did hurt me and let me just tell you this is something that I would never have done I really do feel like I had gotten to a point where I felt like I could do it because I had been living away from home and I had kind of been working on myself. Um, remember, these were years where I was really struggling with anxiety and I was just starting to um, work through it and like I was starting to unearth things from my past and I was slowly starting to um, face up to certain things and I was feeling a little bit braver and on this one day, I decided I was going to speak up for myself. I wasn't rude about it. I was just, I think we have a right. I know we have a right to speak up when something hurts us. So I, I just said that I, could we have a conversation about this? Because this thing actually hurt me. Um, and there was a very negative reaction from that. And my mom did not talk to me for a year. Uh, honestly, like, after that, we, I think we were talking on the phone. And after that, my mom just did not talk to me for a year and I would try to call her I would try I would send her messages and she would just never respond uh, my dad was kind of the go-between um, my dad tried to keep the peace he's always wants to just keep harmony and doesn't want arguments and said to me and just told me you know it's your mom and just, you know, it's just, let's just have peace, um, just, you know, just, just apologize, just apologize for, you know, I don't even know what I was supposed to apologize for, I, I was supposed to apologize for simply asking to have a conversation about something that hurt me, and I couldn't do that, I, I said I'm willing to have a conversation about it, um, I didn't mean and I, and I like I can tell you this now like I wasn't rude about it or I'm not a harsh person like I don't I'm not going to scream at you for no reason like I was 
I mean, I was very calm about it. And I, I simply said, I want to talk about something. So that whole year we did not talk. And it was a very, I feel like something kind of shifted in me that year. I think this was a year where my abandonment issues really came up. I already had abandonment issues, I mean, just from the past and just complete lack of emotional support. But this year, where we did not talk at all, and like it's my mom, you know, it's your mom. You know, I, I, it's so hard sometimes when I see things and people say, sometimes you just need your mom, sometimes you just need to talk to your mom. And I didn't have that. And, I, and I'm not sitting here looking for, for sympathy or pity. I'm really not. Like, I, I used to not be able to talk about this at all without crying and breaking down. But I, I really do feel like I can talk about it now and I feel a lot stronger. Of course, it still hurts. I mean, of course it does. But every there, there's been I think there's maybe been one or two times where I've kind of touched on this subject very um, vaguely. And I had some people message me and say that they know exactly what I'm what I'm dealing with and it really does help to know you're not alone even though you don't want anyone to experience the same kind of pain so after a year of not talking um, Christmas was coming up and oh or maybe it was just after Christmas it was around Christmas time uh, I just kind of because this was a this is a pattern with my family like this will happen, I'll kind of stand my ground, and then I'll just give in because I'm like, you know what, it's family, I have to have my family in my life. So I ended up apologizing. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I honestly just said, you know what, I'm so sorry. Even though inside, it didn't feel right to me, but I did that. I just apologized because I wanted my family in my life. And then we moved forward from then, again, not discussing anything, brushing everything under the rug. And, you know, I would see, I would go visit them. They would come and visit me. And we would just, whenever any deep conversations, I think I kind of learned that that's just not an option for me. So I really learned to just kind of deal with heavy things on my own. And then, um, at the beginning of 2021, my girlfriend and I broke up, and that was incredibly difficult, not just, and I'm not, not just for me, it was incredibly difficult for both of us. It was a very difficult time. Um, we had been together for 12 years, I mean, we met when we were babies, we had been through so much together, um, and this was just a whole new thing that we had to try to adapt to and come to terms with. So let me just say before I go any further that we are still in each other's lives. She is my family. She's she's family. Um, I will always see her as family. We were together since we were really young. We've known each other since we were really young and we've been through so much together and I am honestly so grateful that she's still in my life because yeah so that's that's all I want to say there I don't want to sit here and 
say I went through a breakup and like now this person is not in my life anymore. She's still in my life. She is my family and I'm very grateful for that. So during this time, um, I, this, is, this is now a time where you would need your family in your life and I needed them. Um, we were talking at the time. Um, things had been going well with my family for a good uh, maybe two years at this point there hadn't been any there hadn't been any issues or any um, um, lack of communication like we were talking all the time and things were good so I think I thought okay well things are so much better now and I thought that I could really rely on them for emotional support during during an incredibly hard time unfortunately it did not work out that way um, I'm not gonna go into detail here I may in the future uh, not just to keep it personal but also because of the time here it's over an hour already but just to summarize that uh, they were not there for me the way that I needed them to be I and I and I have an episode where I share a little bit about this. Um, that episode that I mentioned earlier, where I think it's titled "An Open and Honest Chat with You," something like that. I do talk about how I was staying at Airbnbs. I didn't really have anywhere to go at the time. I guess I guess when people go through something like that, they go stay with their family. But I couldn't like I didn't I didn't have that. So I was staying at Airbnbs spending a ridiculous amount of money on that and I was incredibly depressed this was um this was March April last year I believe um and this is when I struggled with uh thoughts of suicide and I talk more about that in in that episode if you want to go listen to that but it was very difficult I really I desperately needed my family and they weren't there and I was almost frustrated with myself because I had told myself I can't have, I can't rely on them for deep emotional support, but I, because I was just in such a vulnerable place with the breakup and with all of my emotions and with my depression, I kind of thought, I kind of opened myself up and allowed myself to be vulnerable and it just didn't work out the way I had planned, which just made me feel worse, but uh, I don't want to make this like a whole... Um, pity thing here but uh it was a really difficult it was really really difficult so i am feeling a lot better now versus you know last year beginning of last year when my mind was completely in an absolutely awful dark place but i am still struggling um it's very very up and down my moods have always been up and down I have an episode where I talk about borderline personality disorder, which I have not been formally diagnosed with, but I have been pretty much told that I, I do have all of the traits of that. And it would make a lot of sense um, based on um, just just based on how I react to things, my extreme hypersensitivity to things and my intense emotions, the ups and downs. Sometimes I have a roller coaster of emotions in one day and it's very overwhelming. BPD actually stems from emotional neglect and abandonment and it causes those deep abandonment wounds in you where 
you're constantly anticipating people in your life leaving you you're constantly looking for cues that oh shit their their facial expression looks different today oh my god like what does that mean and we read into everything it's it's a very difficult way to live but it does stem from trauma and and being neglected at vulnerable times and ages in our life we have a hard time trusting people um, because you know you kind of figure well if I can't even trust my own family how can I expect to trust someone that I haven't known all that long you know um, I deal with a lot of I've always dealt with a lot of insecurities um, I'll have deep feelings of kind of worthlessness and emptiness come up for me uh, where someone can be telling me um, something really positive about me like you know you're kind and you're caring or, or you're beautiful or anything or like whatever and I'll question it like really <laughs> uh, and I think it's very natural to have feelings like that when you have gone through any kind of trauma not just the trauma that I've mentioned here because of course we've all gone through many different things um, maybe it's the same as me maybe it's something different remember all trauma is valid and we don't have to compare anything that has a lasting impact on you a lasting negative impact on you and affects your life to some degree can be considered trauma so that is where i am at right now um i feel like there's so many more things i could have shared in this episode so many more details i could have gone into and i and i and i probably will in the future um but I've even thought of writing a book, honestly, sharing like my whole entire story with you. But that is something for the future, potentially. And I just, I just wanted to open up a little bit more. I don't want to, I don't want to constantly have fear just dictate what I do. You know, with family things, um, I think we can all relate to the, you know, there's certain things you just don't talk about and there's certain things that you keep private, you keep it in the family and the problem when we do that is that we suffer in silence because if we're keeping things in the family we're not talking about it and we don't even have our family to go to or maybe, and maybe there's no one in your life that you have to go to and there's no one talking about it because, you know, maybe someone has an opportunity to talk about it, but they're too afraid. Like me, I'm. this is scary for me. But I'm sharing it because maybe, maybe you're struggling with this and maybe hearing this will be a turning point for you. Maybe it will bring you a tiny bit of comfort. I just, I want this to just be able to help in even the tiniest the smallest way so of course christmas is a difficult time um because you know it's so family oriented uh it's a time to be with family and you know your loved ones and it's so it's difficult if you don't have a good relationship with your family um and i hope that if you don't have family to go to or you don't have family, maybe you've lost, you know, your loved ones. Um, I hope that you, you know that you're not alone. Like, you, you really are not alone. Um, 
because I'm I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you and I am right there with you. So for some good news, I have a friend who I grew up with in South Africa. Our families knew each other before we were even born. She's two years younger than me. I've honestly always looked at her as like a younger sibling, as like my younger sister. She just feels like family because, I mean, we grew up together. We've, I mean, she got like my hand-me-down clothes. It's like, honestly, she's like, she's like my younger sister. So she is, she lives in, um, she's currently in Pennsylvania and which is like a six hour drive away. And we've been chatting and we decided, you know, why doesn't she come and spend Christmas here? So she is going to be coming down around the 21st or so and spending Christmas. I'm very, very excited about that. I am really trying to focus on the good things in my life and the positive things in my life. Um, like I tell you guys, do not force yourself to be positive if you're having the shittest day ever or you're going through a really crappy period. Let yourself feel it. Don't let anyone make you feel like you have to say, I'm doing well, I'm okay, and then inside you're falling apart. You are allowed to feel how you feel, okay? You are allowed to. But when your brain is feeling, when you're having those days where you feel a little bit more stable and secure, Try and look for the things that are good in your life because there's always, there's always one thing. There's always one thing. You know, when I have days and I just, I can't see ahead and I can't see anything, I always come back to our community. Like this community is my heart and it means the absolute world to me. And I, this, this is something that I always come back to. I always come back to you guys. So this episode was not me sharing all these healing tips and things that you can do. Um, of course, I can do more episodes where I share many things that have helped me. And just in previous episodes, everything that I share that's helped me through anxiety has helped me through personal struggles in my life too because a lot of my anxiety has stemmed from personal things. I really just wanted to sit down, have a conversation with you. I wanted to record this episode before I continue doing any more symptoms ones, like anxiety-based ones. I've been struggling lately. Um, I, I'm still carrying around a lot of pain and things, and I'm trying to work through it. And I, if I sit with myself and really look back, I, I can acknowledge that I've come a long way. I really can see that, because I have days, like just recently, just like two like yesterday I think just yesterday I had a moment where I was like you know what I'm feeling so bad in this moment I feel like I've made no progress and I feel like I'm always negative and I'm always miserable and I'm living in this place of darkness but it's in those moments that we feel that way because I don't feel that way every day we don't feel that way all the time um, and I know that it's difficult when you're in it to remember that things are always changing Life is always changing. It's never stagnant. Thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable here. I hope that by me being vulnerable, I am helping you to feel a little bit safer to be vulnerable with your own things that you're going through. You can DM me. You can email me. You can 
let me know what you're dealing with. I, I really do always try to look at my DMs. Um, of course, I get a lot of messages, but sometimes even just typing something out and sending it and knowing that you're sending it somewhere where no one's going to see it, it's a safe space, you're not going to have any judgment, sometimes just hitting send on something can help and make it feel like you're releasing something. So don't ever hesitate to do that if you need to. I hope that this, I really hope that this has helped in the smallest way. I'm not sitting and sharing because I want people to feel sorry for me. I'm sharing because honestly, sitting and talking about things is incredibly therapeutic for me. And I know that when I, I share things, I know that it does help some of you. You know, so we're, we're, we're sitting here and we're helping each other as we go through things. I have some anxiety episodes lined up. I actually may sit down today or tomorrow um, to record one. I want to do another episode on dizziness. Um, it won't be as long as the one that I have. If you're new here, by the way, and you deal with that as a symptom, I have a long um, episode on dizziness that's almost an hour long, where I really go into it because it's a huge symptom around here. Um, it's one that I actually have been dealing with on and off since being very stressed, like especially when I'm having my extra tough days. Dizziness has always been a symptom that comes up for me. So I want to do another episode on that, a much shorter one, just kind of like a validation thing, like a comfort thing if it's something that you deal with every day. So I have lots of anxiety episodes lined up. I can't wait to record them for you. As we go into 2023, I really want to be very consistent with these um, episodes. I really, truly enjoy sitting down and talking. I felt so nervous when I sat down this morning. But now, what, like an hour later, I'm already feeling, I'm already feeling more at ease. So thank you for being here with me. Thank you for listening to my story. I would love to hear your story. I want to hear what you're going through. Um, so please do feel free to share with me. And I'm going to keep talking about things because somebody has to, even if it's hard, even if it's terrifying, honestly. I'm sending you the biggest hug. I'm sending you so much love. I hope that you have a beautiful morning, afternoon, evening, night, wherever you are in the world. Please know that you are not alone during the holidays. This community is here for you. Come to my posts. Um, find someone that you can connect with in the comments. Look at my stories because I'm going to be on my stories throughout December. I'm here with you. You are not alone. Please don't forget to be gentle with yourself. Please don't forget to make yourself a priority and do something really nice for yourself. Do something nice for yourself today. Treat yourself to something. If you've been thinking of buying yourself something, but you're like, oh, I don't know if I should spend the money. Here's your sign. Go do it. <laughs> um, seriously, though, you deserve to treat yourself. I know that we all go through things. I know that every one of you listening to this has your own issues and are going through your own personal things. So please... Be kind to yourself, give yourself a little bit more credit, and treat yourself, okay? I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.